versus the World Productions. Scaring normal people on the internet since 2010. www.vtwproductions.com Half human, half animal. Thundercats, Mama and Lionel, each sold separately. I'm Mama, what's the sort of gun there? With this secret power ring, battery not included, you can make Lionel's eyes light up. With battlematic action, you control their swords. Thundercats, Mama and Lionel with light up eyes, each sold separately, new from LJN. The following presentation is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information about Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. This presentation also contains adult language and adult themes. And welcome to the premiere episode of Alpha Geek Radio Fridays. I am Todd Whitehead, also known to many of you as Gnomewise. Yeah, that guy what provides the audio stream for the morning stream. Joining me at the very, very last second. Yes, I had to go for the emergency co-host, Break Glass in Case of Emergency. The amazing and extraordinary artist, extraordinary podcaster, illustrator, animator... Joel Duggan. How you doing, Joel? Well, thank you. That's, I'm doing great. That's a lovely intro. Now, with a lovely intro, but did I? is it Duggan or Dugan? No, you got it right. It's Duggan. Booyah! I'll just fix that in post, and I will never have made the mistake for the podcast listening public. No time will have passed. So, thank you for uh, bailing me out, and uh, we can summarily string up my originally intended co-host by his toes if he ever shows his face again, but hey, it never happened. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Whatever <laughs> what happened. Nothing. This is exactly how we intended to roll this morning. Joel, we've been talking about this for minutes. You know, possibly we even way, tens way, of minutes. Way back. Way, way back. Actually, well, last time this we... This is our second time in a podcast together. This is true. Uh, we got uh, some, some guy, uh, Scott Jackson or something or other, roped yeah. us both into this uh, four-way show or something. something. I don't know. Yeah. I just work here. <laughs> but I digress. All right, programmatic announcements. Since this is all shiny and new to the listening public, what the heck are you listening to? This is Alpha Geek Radio, and we have created the new Fridays edition to be our morning show to fill the gaping void left in your soul by the lack of the morning stream on Fridays. Yes, I too, Jones, for my fix of nerdy goodness every Friday when I tune in, when I'm driving around from client to client and realize, oh, that's right, there's no morning stream today. So, we will try to fill that void with something at least. Nerdy goodness in the form of myself and today, Joel. And at the end of every live show on Friday, we will also have that week's premiere episode of... 
the Tadpoolery podcast, which we premiered by itself last week because, well, I wasn't ready with this show, and they were, because they're that much better than me. But don't get feeling all superior now. I'm, I'm rolling now, and you can't stop me, even if my co-host bagged on me at the last second. But I'm not bitter. Honest. No, not at all. Am, am, am I not hiding it well? Fooling me. Excellent. And now, angry ticks fire out of my nipples. I I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what? I was not expecting that. And, and that is the point. That is part of the joy of the uh, drop-in panel. Is it does have a certain, uh, oh, random factor to it. Um... And my lovely wife and daughter have just poked their nose in the room. Yeah, it's another interesting thing about premiering it today. We managed to pick a day when the whole family's at home because it's the day after Thanksgiving. Happy post-Turkey Day to all you USA types listening in out there. And if you wish to participate in the show live, if you're listening live, and you should be because that is the whole point here. The tadpole awaits you. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, then get ye to a live broadcast of the Morning Stream or Alpha Geek Radio Fridays and get into the chat room, and you will find an amazingly cool community of people who just hang there and are nerdy to each other in the best possible way. So, come to... I've created a uh, page on VTW Productions that we're testing, which combines the video wall which is webcams of all of you participating in the chat so you can see each other's lovely faces, combined with the stream player on the left-hand side of the screen near the top so you can tune into the live stream and the stream of Tadpoolery when it comes after the show. And also at the bottom of the page, you'll see the regular web interface for the ThinStack IRC, which is where the Tadpool hangs out. And you can find that at vtwproductions.com slash frogpants-video. It is a little kludgy right now because I just threw it together at the uh, end of the day yesterday and there's no direct link to it on the front page at the moment, so you do need to type it in longhand for the moment. Again, that's uh, vtwproductions.com slash frogpants-video. Get in there with your webcam. See each other's lovely faces. See the side of my head while I do the show. And enjoy the tadpole in all of its glory of texty IRC goodness. If you wish to email the show, the email address is fridays at alphageekradio.com. That's fridays at alphageekradio.com. Joel, how was your Thanksgiving? Do you celebrate? I celebrate, but I celebrate it in October because I'm in Canada. You are from the rare and exotic land of Canada? I am. I, uh, I'm in Halifax, Nova Scotia, which is on the, uh, the east coast. Uh, we're an hour east of New York in terms of time zones. So we're uh, outside of Newfoundland. We're about as far east as you can get in North America. See, that's some of just my favorite Canadian uh, provinces to say, Nova Scotia and Newfoundland. I just, I, I, mean, I grew up in western New York, so I'm from that neck of the woods. Oh, uh, So it was, it was near and dear to my upbringing up, up through age 17 anyway, uh, where Canada was that, that exotic place where you hopped over the river where the drinking age was lower. Yeah, and then I moved away before I could take <laughs> advantage of it. <sighs> yeah, the drinking age is 19 in most provinces, and I think the only exception is Quebec, where it's actually 18. Those crazy Quebecers. Yeah, the Frenchmen, they know how to take their, uh, take their liquor. Constantly, and in an intravenous stream sometimes, it seems. <laughs> Apparently they're doing it right though, because they all seem awfully happy. 
Yeah, from what I can tell, a good, good buddy of mine lives in uh, in Quebec. Actually, a co-host of mine on another show, and uh, he seems to enjoy the the friends that he has there. They're you know good people all around in Canada. I think um, the, the one thing about the, the Canadian Thanksgiving that's unique for me, actually, um, since you brought it up, is that my parents are actually snowbirds. So my mom and stepdad go down to Florida every year, and they leave in October. So we actually do Christmas on Thanksgiving weekend which is like the first weekend in October. We call it Christmas-October. And we take care of the Christmas exchanges between the folks and the kids and the grandkids. And then they, they go down to the States uh, for, until like April. And then myself, my, my father and my sister, we all do Christmas here in the city just like everybody else normally. I, th- I think you broke my brain with that one. Ass backwards, huh? A little bit. Um... <laughs> Yeah, in fact, I have a, I have a drop-in that's, that's appropriate to the occasion. I can't read your crazy moon language! <laughs> nice. You are a fuzzy Canadian. Uh, yes. In you a good need, way. You need to get Scott Fletcher to do a version of that. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Can you imagine Scott Fletcher? <laughs> yeah, I can't read your crazy moon language! Yeah, it's really, really positive. <laughs> yes, Mr. <laughs> He is psychotically incapable of not being uh, happy, bouncy, and upbeat. I gave him some yeah, of the, some of the weirdest... A message from him. You get a message from him trying to kill you. It's like, I'm going to kill you now. Sit still. <laughs> Stand still, you bitch. I'm going to stab you in the face. <laughs> now we have to get him to record it. It's just, it, it is now a moral imperative. You heard it here first. I mean, you would hear him say that, and the response would come... Yeah, I'm a little heavy on the drop-ins this morning, but hey, that's how I roll when my when I'm punting. So earlier, I have the master. So you mentioned earlier, and I missed an opportunity. You said other shows that I do, so I, and I have just this drop-in that's standing by for just this moment. So now is the time for a shameless plug. So. <laughs> Shameless plug time. Tell us about your other projects. Sure. Um, well, uh, the first is uh, Starcross, which is my, my weekly webcomic. You can find that at starcrossedonline.com. Um, but as far as podcasts go, uh, I do uh, three, uh, and I produce two of those. Uh, the first is Comics Coast to Coast on the Frog Pants Network. I, uh, I co-host that with Brian Dunaway and uh, Matthew Ducharme. Uh I do the Dating Digital Podcast, which is something I've been doing for over a year now. And that's at uh, datingdigitalpodcast.com. And we cover online dating, dating, social media, how it affects relationships today, uh, which ties in with the comic because my comic is a little bit about dating and being single, that kind of thing. And uh, the last but not least uh, on the list is uh, the Citadel Cafe, which is something that I just launched uh, last week or the week before. And uh, it's myself, my two best friends, Peyton Francis and Chad Merlin, getting together once a month to just chat about what we're into. Uh, we had to give it some subtext of sci-fi, geeky, fancy pop culture, but really we're just going to talk about whatever the hell we feel like. It's kind of in the vein of the old flagship Extra Life radio show when, when Scott Johnson first started his stuff. I just I wanted a show that I didn't have to do any homework for. <laughs> you know, I just wanted to show up, chat, have some fun, and, and put something out there. So we started that a little while ago, and that is at thecitadelcafe.com. It's uh, easy to find us on social media. All the links are, are all around. I can tell you that that formula is actually pretty darn good because I've been doing it for oh, three years now. Um, 
Oh, God, no. Four years. Holy crap. Um, on my regular weekly show on Sunday, because now, see, now I have to do the drop-in for myself. Now is the time for a shameless plug. And my shameless plug will take the form of Listen to Casually Hardcore. Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com, where myself and a varying group of four to five other people get together and do exactly what you just described, is basically geek out for two hours and record it for posterity and for the and stream live, of course, because that's just how we roll. Mm, and nice. it's an awfully good and fun thing to do as the person producing it. I predict you will have a great time and look forward to it every single week and the lack of having to do massively rigorous homework or but you do you do do homework you just don't realize you're doing it you're doing it in the form of following the stuff that interests you during the week and then arriving at showtime and just wanting to talk about it so you're doing the homework it just doesn't feel like work because it's fun and interesting well and it's something that we're doing anyway like i mean last week we talked about uh the walking dead and we just we all happened to be watching it so it was really easy to just kind of dive in we did a quick double check before we we started chatting to make sure that we knew where everybody was so it was spoiler free et cetera, et cetera. so um but as it turned out um the person that was uh i think it was peyton that was behind in the show he had read farther ahead in the comics so what we were talking about he already knew anyway so it really wasn't a big deal um, and I th- you're right. I mean, it, it is a lot of fun on, on my end. I mean, it's more editing uh, than I'm used to because it's a longer show and uh, it's it's a little bit more. Um, it's not quite as uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Organized. Like we we sort of have sections, but not really in segments. Um, as opposed to my uh, the DDP uh, show, which is very distinct, kind of like topic, email, outro, kind of done. And uh, and that uh, both shows are actually only monthly, so it's not a whole lot of work. Which I it's good because I'm quite busy. Yeah, I get that impression because I asked you tell us about your projects, and you're still rolling. <laughs> Perhaps you should take a vacation before you die. I've been saying that for about five years. It just keeps not happening because here I am adding another show to my schedule. This was perhaps a tactical error. <laughs> I was but thinking I, about that, and uh, that's why I rolled uh, DDP used to be bi-weekly, and now it's once a month. And then I inserted uh, the, ca- uh, the, uh, the Citadel Cafe, and that's once a month. So it's, it's the ability to put more content out there, but with not more work for me in terms of my hours and, and during the week. Yeah, see, if I could just show up and, and talk... Uh, you know that that's would be dandy, but I'm I have always been the guy handling the technology um, mm-hmm. and making you know doing the editing, making the rig work, maintaining the shoutcast server, and I've been trying to make a conscious effort to hey let's do do some shows and you know stop being the guy behind the curtain and get back to the fun part, which is actually producing content and interacting with the community, and I just I couldn't pass up this opportunity to join in the uh, Frog Pants community because of the tadpool that I've gotten sucked into. Um, it's just such a wonderfully active... I mean, they made a podcast about the chat community that follows a podcast. I mean, there's a certain amount of soul there that has to be there for them to, to have the drive and initiative to go do it and do it well. If you listen to last week's uh, show, you know what I'm talking about. And you get to uh, get episode two after we're done here today. So look forward to the Tadpoolery podcast coming soon to a shoutcast stream near you. Now, speaking of comp- 
I almost said company, community participation, I would like to see if I can recruit some of you uh, Tadpool members to become volunteer researchers. We have a tradition over at Casually Hardcore. We have our volunteer research team that harvests nerdy goodness for us during the week. And then we cherry pick the best stories from the uh, research thread on our forums for discussion during the show. And actually, we're going to be dipping into that thread just because there is currently no Alpha Geek Radio Friday's research team. So we're going to steal from Casually Hardcore's research team. But I want to see if I can interest some of the people listening in working on a volunteer research team, which just means when you find something nerdy during the week, pop over to the forums at vtwproductions.com and just post a link to it in the research thread. So we'll have a special limited access uh, board that just members of the team can share information on, and then we'll dip into that every Friday. And so the way you get to that is to come to vtwproductions.com and click on the forums link at the top of the page, and you will see, after registering, there will be an expansive list of way too many forums, because we don't really do what you might call housekeeping there ever, but hey, that's just how things are. And go to the Alpha Geek show section and post in there, or send me a personal message, my forum name is GnomeWise, and express your interest, and I will get you the appropriate levels of access, and we will see if we can get that rolling. Alternately, you can just uh, sign up for the forums, just send me your forum name to the email address associated with the show, which is Fridays, that's plural, Fridays, at alphageekradio.com. And end of Pluggity Plug McPlugster. But since we mentioned the research thread, let me first give credit to those from the Casually Hardcore side that have participated in this thread. We had submissions from Aid, Gwenora, Aid again, Deus Ex, Fangs, and that's Fangs with a Z, because that's what makes it cool. Ah, yes, and my favorite name on the uh, internet to say, which is... Boba Fetish. And those of you who participate in the chat room during the morning stream are already well familiar with Boba Fetish. But you just don't get to say his name on the air like I do, so I get I get the warm and fuzzies from being able to say Boba Fetish into a microphone. So thank you all for sending in links. And from the New York Times.com, NYTimes.com, in the spirit of truly entering the holiday season. Now that we're past Thanksgiving here in the U.S., I no longer feel quite as offended when I walk into retail establishments like I did the day before Halloween this year and see them all decked out with Christmas decorations. That just twists the knife in my soul. Now we're after Thanksgiving. I feel don't feel as insulted by their ridiculous cash grabs. And... From NewYorkTimes.com, we have Bell Ringers Go Digital this season. Soon, the holiday sounds of coins clinking into red kettles may disappear, replaced by the silence of a credit card swipe. The Salvation Army has begun shifting into digital donations as fewer and fewer shoppers carry much change or bills. This year, the charity is testing the use of Square, a mobile payments startup that allows anyone to accept credit card payments via mobile devices. So, so much for... Cruising past the donation guy outside the retail store saying, oh, sorry, I don't have any cash on me, man. Now they're going to be like, credit card? I have a swipe machine right here. I suppose this was an inevitable evolution of the form because they've 
pretty much got us using debit and credit cards more than cash anymore, though I try to carry a little cash with me at all time. How do you feel about this, Joel? I carry cash for coffee and smaller things, but I pay a lot with my debit card, especially now that a lot of the machines have the new uh, more secure chip insert where you don't have to swipe the card. The uh, uh, near-field communication chip? Uh, no, it's not a near-field. You actually have to put your your machine uh, your card in the machine. Okay. Um, but it's, as opposed to swiping with the magnetic gotcha. strip, which eventually gets scratched or dinged. or yeah, I mean, I'm on my fourth or fifth you know, debit card since I've had this new account. Right. Um, and uh, it's lasted much, much longer since I'm just using the, the, the chip insert for when I'm at uh, stores that, that have that capability. There are a few around here that still don't have the swipe, um, but uh, most of them have, have the chip insert. The, the issue that I have with something like Square, one, I don't have to worry about it. It's not available in Canada yet. I had a Twitter conversation with them when they first launched, and uh, they said that they were working on, on Canada, but uh, it's not available yet. Um, but I think the problem that they're going to run into in terms of uh, charitable donations and stuff like that is trying to convince or get the communication out there to the uh, patrons leaving stores and, and going by these donation booths that they're the official thing. I mean, anybody could be out there scamming and saying, hey, do you want to put your credit card through my cell phone? I promise it's going to go to the television <laughs> me. Yeah, I, I mean... I, I'm not saying that the, the people doing the donations are, are, are thieving. I'm saying that you're going to have a hard time convincing the average Joe to do that, as opposed yeah. to, I can give you $5. I know that's all I'm giving you, you know, is just the $5 bill in my pocket. And, and that, that, I think, is where um, they might run into a, a problem. I mean, now on the flip side, it's a lot easier for them to manage. The person that's taking the donations doesn't have a big bucket of cash. They have to run to the bank every you know, few minutes for and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that is, I mean, you read the stories of the really successful uh, fraud purveyors are the ones that are really good at social engineering. And the logical evolution of the the card swipe reader, where they take a, a shell with additional electronics in it and place it over the, the card reader on a legitimate ATM and skim credit card swipes as they pass through their device on the way to the ATM... Why not dress up exactly like a Salvation Army person and have your own modded version of the Square software on your mobile phone, which is actually just a skimmer, and you get people to voluntarily hand you their cards? I, I can completely and totally see that happening. Uh, and just just waiting for the first headline, and, and that then people's willingness to participate in that will go down the drain because, like, well, I, yeah, sure, you're with the Salvation Army. Uh-huh. Yeah, what times we live in. Yeah, I, I don't know how they would actually combat that. Like, what do you? You'd have to catch them in the act. You'd have, you would have to patrol, basically, or have some yeah. kind of purely or some kind of regulated identification system, which then itself could be forged. But I guess you just want to make it as difficult as possible for the bad guys. And unfortunately, while doing that, you're going to make it extremely difficult for the good guys, which is usually how it works out. Yeah, I mean, when you're looking about donations and stuff like that, I, I think you have to have a really low bar to entry, and the cash in your pocket is is the low bar. Unfortunately, like, like we said, not a lot of people are carrying much cash. It's a little easier in Canada because we've got $1 and $2 coins. So for for guys especially, uh, we don't even have to dig into a purse. Our pants are usually lopsided from 
six dollars in coin, you know, just in one in one pocket alone. So it's really easy to drop a loony or a toonie into into someone's donation bucket at the holidays. Ah, uh, your Canada is showing loonies and toonies with no holes in it. I might add. Did you, did your drill press break or something? No, no, it uh, frog pants inside joke, I guess. <laughs> No, there's no hole in Canadian money. That's from far, far away across the pond places that, for some reason, put holes in their money. All right, moving down the strip here. For you netcasting savvy types, this is from Deadline.com. Cartoon Network picks up the Annoying Orange animated series. Cartoon Network has acquired the rights to the popular YouTube series The Annoying Orange for a half-hour animated series to premiere in 2012 as part of the cable network's original programming block. I, I'm i not sure that's going to scale to half an hour. I mean, Have you ever uh, looked in on The Annoying Orange? I have, and uh, it's not my thing. So I was tuned in and tuned out pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm the target demographic either. Um, but in in the spirit of you know YouTube publications like that, it it was the whole short snippet of high production values and good writing. But I just don't know if they can stretch that to a full thirty minute weekly show and have it not get old even faster. So, I agree. I mean, there's a possibility that they might be putting it as a smaller series of shorts. Like, even something like SpongeBob was, like, two 11-minute cartoons as opposed to a full 22-minute. Right. Um, and I, you could break that up further into three seven-minute cartoons. Um, or, I don't know. Do we call Do we call Annoying Orange a cartoon? But that's the other thing that kind of tunes me out is that being an animator and being a cartoonist, I mean, I'm as interested in the the writing and the jokes and the funnies as I am in the artwork and the animation and the style and stuff like that. And I mean, on the surface, although I can appreciate, you know, the production value of annoying orange and that the creativity behind it is, you know, um, not my take, but I'm not, I'm not poo pooing it as a, as a form of entertainment, but what's attractive to large broadcasters is the fact that it's a very cheap show to produce. Yeah. Basically still photos of fruit, with video overlays. And with video overlays, like, it, it really wouldn't be that hard to dub it into different languages. This is true. You know what I mean? And that's, uh-huh. and that's the thing. Like, when, when, uh, when I was working in animation and dealing with broadcasters, uh, the, the few conversations I was in on that level, um, they're, they make their money by international syndication. They don't make a lot of money just in the English-speaking world. It's when they syndicate it to Spanish and, and Chinese and, and Japanese-speaking um, countries. Uh, that they make a lot of their money. So if a show either has no dialogue, like uh, children's shows that I worked on for like um, four-year-olds and toddlers and stuff like that, where it's all pantomime, Mm -hmm. those go gangbusters because you can send them to anywhere and it's all just visual communication and it's it's completely bilingual or trilingual or multilingual, I guess. And um, with Annoying Orange, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I'm thinking that it wouldn't be that difficult to just... I don't think changing the way that the the words come out um, of the the characters' mouths would really be either one, that difficult, or two, just changing the language might not matter so much. You know, like the lip sync isn't so tight that it would be... 
Right. It's pretty exaggerated, isn't it? Like big mouth shapes and kind of... It is, but it's, it's just, it is purely a live recording of the mouth at the time that the voice acting was done. So it is, it's spot on. Right. But right. okay, okay, all right, 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 right. I'm, I'm, I was thinking about something else. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, so it would, it would look dubbed, but I don't know. Maybe that would add another layer of humor. Yeah, I mean, it, you look back at any number of badly dubbed uh, old Japanese, you know, big man in rubber suit uh, monster movies, and that's part of the charm is the really horrifically bad dubbing of the uh, English over the Japanese. So mm-hmm. I can see how that could add a whole new layer of, of ah, look at the crazy uh, American orange wacky guy. Ha ha. We'll see. Not my thing either, but certainly apparently the internet loves them because they have to, you know, ninth most subscribed YouTube channel of all time, uh, two million subscribers there and over 10 million fans on Facebook and, and the Twitter. Uh, so good on you, annoying orange, but uh, I won't be watching. But then again, I'm yeah. old and bent. Yeah, you can count me out too. Oh, I guess you're old too. My lawn, get off it! <laughs> All right, that brings yeah. us neat, neatly to our first break, and I have a little. Uh, what do I got here? I'm looking in entirely the wrong place. I have some Jonathan Colton off of his new album, uh, Artificial Heart. I have Nemesis queued up for you. That's the. Uh, let's see. Yeah, this is the duet version. So you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio Friday's premiere Working Out the Kinks edition with Todd and Joel. Joel, my emergency behind-the-glass uh, co-host who s- jumped in at the last second to save the show because me alone on the air in front of a microphone, yeah, not quite as good. We will return right after this. Versus the World Productions. Nerds on the Internet. What more could you ask for? www.vtwproductions.com This show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. With over 85,000 programs for more than 1,000 content providers, including leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Audible customers can also have their Audible content wirelessly delivered to their smart mobile devices daily, even while sleeping, taking the computer out of the equation. To find out more, visit vtwproductions.com and click on the audible.com advertisement on the left-hand side. Or visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. New customers in the United States and Canada will receive a free audiobook download when they sign up via that link. audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. It's an amazing smile. Even the suit has teeth Everything flash and guile Nothing underneath Except a small black heart That no one sees but me I've been watching I can see you start to wonder Could it be that you need me To keep you out To run you faster Promise me you'll let me be the one of all your enemies Pretending you're a friend to me Say that we'll be never seen 
John Scalzi, and you're listening to Versus the World Radio. You help them. And Alpha Geek Radio Fridays continues live on Versus the World Productions, vtwproductions.com, with myself, Other Todd, and Joel Duggan joining me through the miracle of the interwebs. Uh, say hello to the nice people, Joel. Hello to the nice people, Joel. Now, you found a story that you wanted to follow up on. I did. Well, on the break, we were discussing where your co-host might be. and uh, <laughs> Probably on the floor. Yeah, my suggestion was possibly hungover because I had just read this article that was listed in your forums about uh, a pint a day keeps the doctor away. It's a scientific fact. Uh, just like red wine, uh, the article goes on, goes on to say that uh, beer drinkers can enjoy, you know, uh, a casual, uh, const- uh, casual uh, feed of beer, and it will help their heart uh, and cardiovascular health. Uh, they go on to say that, of course, it's not. Uh, you know, um, connected to binge drinking, which is never a good thing for anybody. Um, yeah. But things like pairing beer uh, with food and 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 casual uh, weekly beers with your buddies and stuff like that can actually have a beneficial effect on your health, which is good to know because I am one of these casual drinkers, and uh, it's only been recently. I, I was actually a, a non-drinker until I was in my late 20s, and uh, I've started to really get into my local uh, craft beer suppliers and... Uh, I would encourage anybody else to look at their own local cities and see who's got a microbrew, because you can find some really nice stuff that way. Yeah, I've uh, done the touring of the local microbrew places from the standpoint also of being a home brewer. So I am very much in. in I've become a beer snob. Um, I oh, nice. Probably just, probably so, just so, own so that. What's, what's your What's your preference? Are you light beer, dark beer? Uh, amber to dark. Um, I, if oh. I'm in a particular mood, I'll go for a stout or a porter. But mm-hmm. usually, something like a Scotch ale. Um, we mm-hmm. have a local brewery called Four Peaks Brewing Company, and they do a Scotch ale called Kilt Lifter, which is <laughs> nice. Very well named for one thing. Yes. Yeah. And really tasty. Um, and it is a, a, as well. So yeah, that would, that would be a one to try for me as well. Yeah. It's, it's a nice, you know, almost black color to it. Um, really unique flavor and it's something I've never really been able to replicate in home brewing and actually I've been, haven't been able to brew at all this year. Really. I'm, I'm trying to put together uh, a brew day with, uh, Mike slash Gwenora, one of my co-hosts from casually hardcore, who is also a home brewer. And it's just been, life's been crazy. And I wanted to try and put down some mead as well. And uh, Pusar, who's on the video wall with uh, which, with uh, Hellspawn, her child, um, is uh, was taunting me with, uh, well, she was drinking mead during Casually Hardcore this past Sunday. And I was, I was jonesing for my fix of mead and then was thinking, hey, I can get nine pounds of honey locally sourced and make some mead out of that. Mead is a slightly longer uh, commitment than beer as far as uh, the fermentation time is many, many months instead of a month or two. But uh, I'm interested in, in just you know, trying something new. But, I was uh, younger, my, my father used to make uh, homemade wine 
And uh, I had a friend here in the city, uh, Tempa, and she used to make beer as well. Um, really cumbersome process in an apartment, which is what I'm, I'm dealing with right now. Uh, apparently, it's a lot easier when you have uh, just a bit more space. Uh, I'd definitely be interested in trying making my own beer. Uh, for me, I tend to drink uh, darker beer as well. I, I like bitter. And uh, IPA, which for the most pe- for most people, they, they see it as kind of a lighter beer. Um, but uh, when I when I get it from my my favorite local breweries here, they uh, they don't filter it, so it is it has more of an amber to dark uh, sort of feel to it. And there's one in particular called uh, the Garrison Imperial, and it's even hoppier than uh, an IPA, and it is fantastic. It's a great great beer. Yeah, see those those hop monsters are not to my palate so much. I'm I'm not. Mm-hmm huge on IPAs, just something about my body chemistry just rejects the extreme bittering hops that they use on those, but I understand the draw, because counterintuitively, a really well-bittered IPA is extremely refreshing, and you wouldn't think that when you're talking about something that's very bitter, Um, Mm -hmm. but they're they are a really refreshing brew to drink, so I get it. And in fact, and according to the uh, scientific study, uh, it's good for us, so I'm going to go brew five gallons right now. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, uh, I find that you can get a little bit more bang for your buck sometimes when you're getting local and IPA. Because I mean, I'm not sure how it uh, how it changes in the states. I know uh, in Canada, uh, a lot of my American friends will say that our beer has a, a higher alcohol content, and uh, I know that like some of the drafts that I drink locally here, I mean, they're as high as six point five, six point eight. Um, whereas I think a lot of um, mass produced beer in the states, like Bud, is is down like three point four or that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So if you're looking to just kind of nurse a beer over a, a holiday encounter as opposed to drinking several of them, which, again, goes against the scientific study, um, then you might be uh, better off looking into some, some local stuff. I mean, depending on the region in the United States, the laws do vary. So some areas do have that 3-4 beer um, where it's mandated by law. It has to be a lower alcohol content. Right. Um, for a long time, Utah, where Scott, and I weep for him, uh, lives had to deal with for many years the not only the three four beer but they had these arcane systems where you if you wanted to go to a bar you had to be a member or a guest of the member of the drinking club and all that thankfully has been pushed aside but while we were there for nerdtacular year nerdtacular this year that what they've evolved it into is also kind of strange where we were going out to just you know a tgi fridays you know national chain restaurant and sitting in the bar area and trying to order, yes, I just like you know, whatever you have on tap, you know, bring me a pint of that. And they said, well, we can't serve you alcohol unless you are also eating food. So I, I guess the legislation is intended to you know, stop people from wo- rolling in on an empty stomach, getting boozed up, and then um, you know, hitting the road. But also, mm-hmm. not, not a bad system for uh, padding the uh, income of the local restaurants. So, so I bet you that uh, appetizer sales went off the charts when that law went into effect. Yeah, for sure. What's funny about that is that most restaurants that I know of make their money off of alcohol sales, not food. The uh-huh. profit margin on food is you know, nil. Um, yeah. And, and the, the thing here, too, is that, um, especially around the holidays, I mean, everybody's always, the, the, the police officers are always out making sure that there's nobody drinking and driving, but the, the tolerance level at least provincially in Nova Scotia, is uh, absolute zero. Like, if you're if you're behind the wheel of a car, especially at the holidays, um, the tolerance level is, is basically no drinks. Get something that's non- non-alcoholic. Um, but to, to go back to the study, they actually say that uh, 
a premium lager that is about 5% alcohol by volume, uh, best results are obtained with a steady consumption of slightly more than an English pint a day. So your, your pint after, after work on the way home uh, is actually good for you, hmm, which I, that's, that's cool. That's good to know. That would explain my, uh, my, my buff uh, figure and, uh, and shocking good looks because <laughs> steady intake, that, that does indeed uh, describe my relationship with beer. Yeah, well, I, from the, the way that they worded it at the beginning of the article, I was expecting it to be uh, more like, you know, once or twice a week as opposed to daily. <sighs> Anything that says beer and healthy in the same study is just props in my book. <laughs> All right, also from the research thread, we have from PCMag.com, the 25 worst passwords of 2011. Whenever idiotic passwords are discussed, the following story always comes up. Five years ago, a group of Slovak hackers breached Slovakia's National Security Bureau, which stores tons of classified information. It was an easy hack. The master login password was simply NBUSR123. After cracking it, the hackers publicized the information much to the NBU's embarrassment. What's even worse, days later, the password was still NBU123. Here are a sampling of the passwords that they've gathered from uh, various hacking uh, information having been released. Number one worst password? Take a wild guess. Oh... I can't guess because I'm looking at a list, but I can't believe that password is actually the number one. Number one. Uh-huh. That's ridiculous. Number two. One, two, three, four, five, six. Number three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. With imagination. Number four. <laughs> yes. QWERTY. Uh, number five. ABC. One, two, three. And then things get a little surreal. Number six. Monkey. Why monkey trumped number seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I have no idea. I was thinking the same thing. I don't know how monkey got above that. It just, uh, you know, it's, and even one, 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 one is down at number 12. Uh-huh. And let's see, password with the stealthy zero instead of an O, because they're being secure, is number 18. Mm. Right above one, two, three, one, two, Superman. Some of these ones that are, that are words that are just, I love you. Well, and Superman was used in the movie. Like, that was yeah. Lois Lane's password in Superman Returns. Like, that, you know, like, mm-hmm. the way they just, you know, grab from, from Hollywood and use it. Man, that's, I don't know. I, I, for me, actually, uh, a simple solution to all these problems is uh, I use a service called LastPass because I have so many blogs and so many social media sites that I have to remember and all that kind of stuff. I just choose not to remember them. I let uh, LastPass create a secure password for me, and then I just I, I have one master password that I remember, but that's it. I don't have to worry about any of the other ones, which is uh, which is nice. Yeah, I'm looking for some kind of a service or app like that, um, either iOS or Android, to start a repository. Right, just have to remember one freaking password. Because the more I get into all the various services I have to be signed up for to do things like the internet radio shows and such, it's it's yeah. getting a little crazy. That and I do yeah. IT support for a living, so all the all the domain admin passwords I have to remember for all the different sites are starting to build up in my old and crusty brain. Oh, geez, yeah, that's uh, LastPass would definitely be something you should look at. Uh, it's encrypted, I know that much, and uh, I don't use it on the phone. Um, I use it on uh, Chrome, uh, but there is an app available for iPhone. I'm not sure if you're on. You said you're on Android. 
Um, Android for the phone, and then iPad. Uh, I've got iOS five on there, okay. so I've got a choice um, for the, the, the app itself is free, but I'm pretty sure that LastPass charges a dollar a month for mobile. Okay. For mobile access to their service, um, but if you're doing IT professionally, that would be an easy easy cost to to balance out. I think. Hmm. Interesting. I shall have to look into that. So LastPass.com. That is them. Well, shameless plug. Excellent. Yeah. Well, actually, more than just a shameless plug, this is actually a really a slick service because, like, I'm logging into my LastPass vault right now just so I can take a look at it. And the cool thing is that it lets you organize passwords into folders. And once you're logged into your vault, it's all just kind of like it associates the site and the password and uh, whatever group you've given it to, be it uh, Twitter logins or, or uh, blog logins, social media. Uh, you can keep your banking and stuff separate. So. Uh, when you go to log into different things, you can um, you can know where they are. Like for example, I just uh, I just took advantage of the the Black Friday week sales on Steam, and I picked up Portal Two for ten dollars the other day. And Ooh, of course, it is yeah, uh, I'm excited because um, I haven't installed it yet. But the <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, the Steam password, like I I'm so busy that I haven't had time to play video games, so I haven't logged into Steam in a year. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh God, like, I don't remember, I think I know my handle, but I don't remember my password. And so I just, <laughs> I went into LastPass and just did a, a quick word search for Steam and two seconds later, you know, there's my login and password. And then I used it to get into the Steam account and log into PayPal and, and, and pay for the thing. And it took no time. And I, I certainly don't miss those days of the old, you know, um, free website hosting that you know you had when you were in university because you had a good idea and you threw up this blog that has your name associated to it and now you just mm-hmm. wish the world could not find it but you can't remember <laughs> how to log in to delete the site you know yep so if i if i had had LastPass back then it would be real simple find angel fire delete 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 nuke nuke the site from orbit it is the only way to be sure yeah. i'm going to give you a quick assignment here joel because the way the Next segment, normally we would go for 90 minutes. We're going to call it at 60 today because we're missing a person. Uh, Daryl the Trek Nerd will be joining us on Fridays for a reversal where he's going to be asking the questions. Ooh. And not about Star Trek. Right now it's, it's a toss-up, but we're leaning towards Doctor Who. So he will actually be responsible for quizzing me as a Doctor Who nerd. Wow. So the Trek nerd gets to turn the tables on Fridays. However, he is out of town for the holiday this week, so was unable to be phoned in. That and I have to work out the kinks of phoning him on the phone, so I have to get Skype out set up on the old Skype account uh, before we can do that, which is a whole other set of challenges. But I just sent you a link in the IRC to a massive repository of uh, Doctor Who quizzes. And while I go over the next little article here, I want you to pick one, and we'll do a little baby version of the Trek nerd stumps the Doctor Who nerd in in honor of uh, Daryl and in anticipation of uh, getting him on the air next week around this time. So, you, Are you uh, much of a Doctor Who fan at all, or are you uh, more of a Star Wars, Star Trek boy, or what do you got? I am, I am a much heavier Star Wars and Firefly guy than I am a Star Trek guy, although I did watch them with my dad when, when TNG was on TV and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the Firefly. other um, thing about Doctor Who is that I haven't watched since the series that was on in the 70s, so I am yeah. minus the nerd feel- for me on that one. I haven't actually checked it out. 
Feel free to uh, choose a question from the era you are familiar with, because that's the era that I am also from. Um, okay. I have been watching the, the revival with much interest, and, and while it is of, of a completely different kind to the original run of Doctor Who, it is, it is great in its own right. But it is definitely it, it's a different creature. I mean, uh, I mean, they basically started out with the Doctor developing a relationship, a romantic relationship with one of his companions, and that that just never would have happened before. Because um, that's that's not what Doctor Who used to be about. But it is fairly awesome in its own right, and definitely has a much wider appeal because of that. But that's just not the Doctor Who we grew up on in the seventies and eighties. So, from the research that while you familiarize yourself with the little bomb that I dropped on you there, um, yeah, from the telegraph.co.uk, this is a fun one. The European, European Union bans a claim that water can prevent dehydration. Brussels bureaucrats were ridiculed yesterday after banning drink manufacturers from claiming that water can prevent dehydration. EU officials concluded that, following a three-year investigation, there was no evidence to prove the previously undisputed fact. Producers of bottled water are now forbidden, by law, from making the claim and will face a two-year jail sentence if they defy the edict, which comes into force in the UK next month. Last night, critics claimed the EU was at odds with both science and common sense. Conservative Roger Helmer said... This is stupidity writ large. The euro is burning, the EU is falling apart, and yet here they are, highly paid, highly pensioned officials worrying about the obvious qualities of water and trying to deny us the right to say what is patently true. Nice to know that idiotic bureaucracy is not restricted only to the shores of the United States. Yeah, that's... I don't know. I, I almost just feel like the no comment is the strongest way to respond to that. <laughs> I, I really have no idea what what to say. It was like there was this, uh, I saw something scroll by on Facebook the other day, and it was somebody that thought that Tom from MySpace or Tim from MySpace was his girlfriend's baby daddy, and I was like, Re- really? <laughs> you know, really? Just, just, the stupidity is, is, is out there. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really... I, it, I, this is something that I would see go by on the internet and not even click. You know, so Joel has refused, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to hear, and we even have a drop-in appropriate to the occasion. No! There, we have nuked that story off the face of the internet. It never happened, or maybe it did. So, Joel, have you had time to select uh, a question to try and, and stump this old Doctor Who nerd with? Sure, I can give it a go. Uh, I'm not sure if I've got the right series um, because I'm we'll so familiar with the show. I might have, I might have watched it, but uh, I let me uh, let me play the intro. Since I went to all the trouble of you know actually going out and getting one. Nice. The newly revamped title theme from that was actually from I think the tenth Doctor there, but I digress. So stump me, hit me with it. What do you got? All right, in series one, episode nine, the Empty Child, Rose Tyler met a man called Captain Jack Harkness in the height of the London Blitz in 1941. 
What is Captain Jack's estimated age at that time? A, 175. B, 2065. C, 20. And D, 35. Ooh. Well, knowing what happens to that character later, I mean, he is all over the damn place. Time travel eventually winds up being immortal. Spoiler alert. Um... And actually, for you, jumping into uh, the new series, which I would highly uh, recommend, The Empty Child, uh, which is the... It's a two-part two series, uh, Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. Really, really freaking good writing and slightly horrifying and terrifying and just an awesome pair of episodes. Um, yeah. <sighs> but this is the first time we met Captain Jack Harkness. So I'm going to... Oh, God. I'm just trying to remember all of his wacky adventures in time. I think he's pretty normal at this point in his history, so I'm going to go with 35. You are correct, sir. Oh, booyah, one for one. Uh, and, and now I need to, that's one thing I am lacking from my drop-in panel here, is some, some victory music and, and some you-screwed-up music. So I'm going to go with, yeah, this one's fairly uh, appropriate. Yes! I am a god! <laughs> nice. What? <laughs> and then... What uh, What can I do for failure? Here we go. This will be perfect. Way to go, a-hole! Yeah, that works. <laughs> or... Oh, they took my freaking kidney! You almost need the, the, the family feud wrong, you know. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fam, family feud is like, strikes. And... Oh, the big, the big accent. Yeah, you're thinking Price is Right. Price is Right, that's what it was. I knew I had that sound in my head from like when I was homesick as a kid, you know, watching reruns and that stuff. Ah, I see. We have uh, a, had arrived in the chat room, I think. Yeah, we have ourselves a B4 tank girl. Ooh. She owes us a call. B4 tank girl, get on Skype and call VTW shows. It is time to see if I can actually work out how to do a conference call on this thing. Do it now! No, she says. <laughs> and she, yes, you heard Charlie. Yes, Fargram, you did indeed hear a drop-in from Charlie Unicorn. Aw, oh, they took my freaking kidney. All right, so we will see about... Thank you for standing in for Daryl the Trek Nerd, who will be joining us starting next week. And just remind me to get Skype out. Worked out on the old rig here, because, hey, we are professionals. <laughs> if Daryl wants to, to come prepped with a Star Wars question for me, I'd be happy to try and go, go that route. But Dr. Who oh. absolutely random, shooting in the dark, <laughs> not going to have any hope of getting no. any of those right. We could somehow turn this into... Um, I'm not sure how we, how we could do a race because you know, one of us would have to be asked the question before the other, so someone would have an obvious advantage. I was thinking Daryl could hit me with a Doctor Who question, you with a Star Wars question, or we just time each other to see how, how quickly each of us could come up with the answer, and then we would each win one internets for, for being first. Ah. Because that is the Mongo universal like unit of winning. Mongo, yes. Mongo, like candy. <laughs> Okay, I've just met a, a and you are officially a kindred spirit now because you, without prompting from me, quoted Blazing Saddles and specifically quoted Mongo, and that is a regular appearance in just my daily 
expression the Mongo only pawn in Game of Life. <laughs> so you you at once are endearing yourself to me and frightening me because there's only supposed to be one of me out there, and but I suppose you Canadian needs their version of me. Well, there you go. We'd be lost without our version of you. Why? Thank you. I feel all warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> fuzzy all all right. right. We, we should let our <laughs> listeners know. I had a, a compliment in the uh, in the chat room, I, which I appreciate uh, on on my beard, and uh, we are both bearded gentlemen this fall day. Yeah, yes, though, though apparently your beard is more epic than mine because your your beard, without prompting, drew comment, and mine was was glossed over and ignored, and. Mm. My soul is, is... I think this may sum it up. And now, angry ticks fire out of my nipples. Or not. <laughs> but my, my beard is... Is shriveling, e- even now, as we speak. <sighs> but I digress. Alrighty, so let's wrap up this abbreviated version of Alpha Geek Radio Fridays. Thank you, Joel, for jumping in at the very last second and co-hosting in an emergency capacity today. And no problem, my friend. Next week, we will have our, our full 90-minute run, including Daryl the Trek Nerd coming in and harassing one or the other of us with either a Star Trek or Star Wars question or a uh, Doctor Who question, or indeed both, because that is simply, he's, he's just that good. You have been listening to Alpha Geek Radio Fridays, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Come on over to the site, click on the Shows tab at the top of the page, and check out all the fine shows on the Versus the World Network. You will be glad that you did. Hit the Forums button and come on over to the Forums. You will also be glad that you did, because they are in a uniformly amazing group of people who are just the right kind of person you want to find in an Internet community. Send in suggestions, topic ideas, reactions, criticisms, questions, comments, and smart-ass remarks to Fridays at AlphaGeekRadio.com. That is Fridays at AlphaGeekRadio.com. These episodes will be posted to the existing Alpha Geek Radio RSS feed, which can be found by going to VTWProductions.com, clicking on the Shows tab, and choosing Alpha Geek. That is the home for Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek interviews. Also, we are interested in hearing from you ideas of people to bring on as interviewees we can also marry episodes of alpha geek radio fridays to recording sessions for alpha geek interviews so we can do back-to-back morning show followed by interview show with live interaction with the interviewee in the chat room so if you have someone you think would be a really good target for an interview for alpha geek interviews please send it along to fridays at alphageekradio.com if you go to the alpha geek section of versus the world productions you can see some of our previous interviewees including people like len peralta steptoe oh that scott johnson guy and that, that brian ibbett guy they're i guess interesting characters i guess uh take a look through what we've already done and give us suggestions as to who you would like me to try and pursue uh, some are easier than others. Some we can get right on immediately. Others I have to chase for a solid year, like Jonathan Colton. Just to corner the man for a half-hour interview must be nice to be popular. But he was extremely gracious and had a, had a really good time, even though Skype tried to kill the interview. But I'm not bitter. <sighs> I think that is all the progra- programmatic announcements we need to cram into the end here. Looking forward to hearing back from you guys. Looking forward to being on the air again next weekend. Same bat time, same bat channel. I have been Todd. I have been Joel. And we the heck are... 
out of here. Stay tuned for the immediate premiere broadcast of Episode 2 of the Tad Poolery Podcast. I'll be transitioning back to the 24-7 server, so if you're listening via the webpage, you might have to refresh the page before the stream plays properly. Apologies for that. It just tends to burp when we move from machine to machine like that. Thank you for listening, and we are out of here. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass.